Welcome to the King's Cast. Dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. If you want to turn in your Bibles with me this morning, I want us to lead on just from where we've been at in worship and Galatians chapter 5. I asked Ruth the other day, I think it was yesterday, I said, what songs you got tomorrow? She sent them through. And I really feel that God is, um, has been speaking through the songs this morning of what he wants me to say and what's been on my heart. And um, I'm just, I've been looking forward to be back and to preach again after being away for a few weeks. I've heard you've had a good time with uh, Peter Cavana and it was very sad to hear of uh, Ralph, Pastor Ralph in Skip. Uh, last week, and I know you had a good time, and it was just great to know that his last time he visited, I think Peter Cavana preached, and um, it was just, uh, everything just felt so timely. You know, the Bible does say that it's appointed to every one of us to die. We've, there's a time for everything, and we've got to be ready for that. And, um, and I'm, I'm just thankful to know Pastor Ralph through the years. And do you know what I want to do today? I want to dedicate this message to Pastor Ralph. I didn't get to see him on the last week, but I want to dedicate this message. You know why? Because he used to come to me every time he'd ever visit and, and I'd preach. He'd come up and he'd say this to me at the end. He'd go, you did it today, boy, didn't you? And he'd really encourage me. And uh, I believe today is with Jesus. And he's, he's been worshipping probably a lot longer than we have. And uh, probably looking down on us. And, and, and I believe after I've preached today, he'll say, you did it again, boy. And uh, But he'll be with Jesus. Amen? So Galatians chapter 5 and uh, we're going to pick up verse uh, 16 and just, uh, just a few verses through. And it says this. So I say, Paul says, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But, who likes a but when you, when you hear this? But, if you are led by the Spirit, amen, you are not under the law, another amen. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, says Paul, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Do you know what? I just want to just interject there. There is no law against you being good to people. There's no law in you being kind to people. There's no law in you being loving towards your brothers and sisters. And I want to encourage you today, the more we realize this and begin to realize there is a freedom to live in the Spirit. 
and to be like this. Then it says, verse 24, those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Verse 25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Hallelujah. The title of the message today, and I'm not going to spend too long, I promise. And I want us to just get to worship again. But the title of the message today is Spirit Walkers. Spirit Walkers. It's so important to realize that as a Christian, we can be a Christian a long time, to realize that it's so important that we live a life by the Spirit. You see... I don't know about you, but I, I, I used to go to church when I was younger and I'd, I'd go week after week with my mum and dad and, and I remember kind of making some commitment and then years later drifting away and realizing that actually I was just going through the motions every week. If you're, if you're took to church by your parents sometimes, you feel like you're going through the motions and I was, I, if anything, I was just ticking the box for my parents and, um, and, and I watched them and, and I realized that actually uh, now in my life that To live as a Christian is not about attending church. It's not about ticking religious boxes. It's not about how much I can read my Bible. It's not about how much I can pray. It's all about a relationship with the man, Jesus Christ. It's all about a relationship with Him who has set us free from the power of sin and death. And God wants to remind you today, I believe, that there is not a demand for you to tick boxes to be a Christian. But it's to know that deep relationship with Him that comes through His Spirit. You see, you're saying, well, today I've come, I've worshipped, I don't see Jesus, I can't see Him, and, and I've been praying for this, I've been praying for that, I don't see outcomes in things I've been asking for. But I want to tell you today that he may be invisible to you, but he is real because he's here by his spirit. It's the same spirit that that spoke today when if some of you here today thinking, what was that funny language earlier? I've got no problem in speaking in tongues in the church. And I'll tell you what that is. It's when the Holy Spirit comes upon someone and they speak in another language. And God speaks and interpretation comes and God wants to speak into your life. Maybe there are several people here today that that meant something for. But God has a desire to speak into your life. He's not here to just hear you sing a few songs and just say in heaven today, oh, well they just did it today, that's it, they went to church this Sunday. He's not looking for that. He's looking for that relationship. Deep relationship with him. Verse 25. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. What does it mean to walk by the Spirit? You know, you read these things and we pass over them really quickly. But what does it mean to walk by the Spirit? Can I just say, it's so easy for some of us, Pentecostal believers especially, to... To get hold of the fact of we, we love the manifestations of the Holy Ghost. We, 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 we can kind of accept speaking in tongues. We can kind of accept that when Holy Spirit comes into a room, touches someone's body and heals them. 
We can kind of accept that when Holy Spirit comes in and maybe sometimes people fall to the ground. That there is a manifestation of the Spirit of God. We can kind of accept these attributes, these actions of the person of the Holy Spirit. We can sometimes ourselves, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we can speak in another tongue. And we hear these, these, these utterances that we don't sometimes, we don't understand them. That's why we need interpretations. We utter these things in our, with our mouths that our own words wouldn't be able to say. We just say these things because God comes upon us. But sometimes we don't understand and we find it hard to know what it is. To walk in the Spirit. Every day of our lives. To walk in the Spirit. You can be full of the Holy Spirit. Do you know this? You can be full of the Holy Spirit and refuse to be led by the Holy Spirit. You can have the Holy Spirit inside of you and refuse to be led. That's the difference. If you, if you walk in the Spirit, you can be full of the Holy Spirit, but to walk in the Holy Spirit is to be controlled by the Holy Ghost. To be directed by the Holy Ghost. Come on, people. And so I want to talk to you today about what it means to walk in the Holy Spirit. Because God is looking for a generation, a church, of people who are willing to surrender all to Him. Everything. So that they're willing to be controlled and directed by the Holy Spirit. You know, some of us, sometimes we're not willing to listen and we lose track. And actually we can be filled with the Holy Spirit, but end up missing opportunities and missing what God has for our lives. If some of you remember, we have Dwayne White, the prophet guy, comes here from the US every year. For the last two, three years or whatever, he's come and visited. And one of the things, when Dwayne White comes here, um, I always do the arranging. And I'll always arrange with him that after he's done his, his Tuesday night, if we have a Tuesday night with Dwayne White, on the Wednesday, I'll take him to the next place. I'll drive him to wherever he needs to go, the next church. And so that all, all gets arranged. And I normally am the one who drives him. And uh, when he came in, in, in January, I think, this year... He, he said to me on an email, he said, will you take me to Kingsgate Church, if you know Kingsgate Church in Peterborough. And so he says, that's my next stop the next day. And a pretty big church up there and great church. And um, he said, I, I need to get to Kingsgate. I said, no problem. He said, well, how long have we got to get there? You, you're the driver. And so I arranged with him to pick him up at 8 o'clock. I thought, I'll give myself plenty of time. I know what I'm like when I'm driving. And so I pick him up and he take his team. So I've got, a, a, you know, this Great prophet in the front of the car, pastor driving, worship leader in the back. You know, you'd think that this, you'd think that this car would fly there, wouldn't you? <laughs> Goodness me, the presence of God. And his son, Dwayne White's son as well. Four of us in the car. And I set off, I pick him up at the hotel, they all get their coffees and, and I set off and, you know, it's a big thing for me. I've got to make sure that the man of God gets to the next destination. It's all on me. And you know, if you've heard my preaching before, that I'm not very good at this sometimes. <laughs> Bless Peter Cavanna when I tried to take him to Saffron Walden and missed the junction and took him to Duxford, in, uh, not Duxford, Stansted. <laughs> we went faster than the speed of light to get there. Look, I've not got a good track record at this. I didn't tell Dwayne White that. I acted like, a, you know, I'm the man to take you here. I'm the man of God. 
So he gets in the car, we drive on the A14 or whatever it is, onto the A1, we're going up to, 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 to Kingsgate, and I'm busy talking away, I've got the sat-nav, the GPS, he's, he's going away there telling me which junction to get off at, Dwayne White's in the front drinking his coffee, I've got the worship leader in the back singing away, and I'm just driving and I'm just talking to him, and I'm just thinking, in my mind, I'm thinking, I want to I talk to you and get as much from you as possible while you're in the car. I want to learn from you. How many of you know iron sharpens iron? Don't ever say to yourself that I don't know enough. You've always got to be teachable. And so I always like to present myself as someone who wants to be taught. I don't know everything. I'm sorry. But I want to be taught by people. So I'm like, tell me about the prophetic. Tell me about this. And I'm hungry to learn more. And the guy's telling me and, and I'm driving away. And I do this journey a lot. Go up the A1 and I go up north to my parents. So I'm used to driving on the A1. And uh, we're driving away and then I'm, I'm going to try and do the accent, but Dwayne White all of a sudden just says to me, he goes, hey Phil, shouldn't we have took the turning about 30 minutes ago? And I, and, and I realized that I'd been so focused on listening to what he had to say about the prophetic and the worship leader was just trusting in us that we'd gone 30 minutes past the junction for Peterborough. And I've got Dave Smith at Kingsgate waiting for Dwayne White to arrive to speak to all their staff members. I'm like, God, I need a miracle. He said, well, what's, do you think we missed? And I just looked and I acted like it was, I goes, yeah, well, we'll get there. I pulled off the first junction I could, realized that the sat-nav, you know, readdresses and then we set off. I pulled up outside Kingsgate. I've never arrived at Kingsgate so fast. And he dro- I dropped him off. Thankfully, I don't know how it happened. You know, they talk about time travel in the Bible. It just seemed to happen. We got there on time. And he went in. But I want to just say to you that sometimes you can have people in your life that are people who are godly people around you. You can be in church. You can surround yourself with people who have great gifts. They are moving in the Holy Ghost. You can surround yourself with friends. People in the church who are so on fire for Jesus, so moving in the Spirit of God. And you can think, well, my life is being directed by these people. But listen to me today. You need to be directed by the Holy Ghost. You see, all the time the GPS is trying to talk to me, I'm just talking to him. And some of us, what we do is this. We invite Jesus into our life. But then we don't let him take control of our life. So we have, we have Jesus in the car of our lives. But we don't let him tell us where to go. And so what we do is we say, oh well Jesus is in my car. And I surround myself with all these spiritual people. But the reality is this. That you're not being controlled by the Holy Spirit. To walk in the Holy Spirit is very different to being full of the Holy Spirit. Jesus himself in Luke chapter 4, he's just been uh, baptized in the river Jordan and he's just experienced this amazing thing of being baptized. And it says this, verse 1, Jesus full of the Holy Spirit, so he's full of the Holy Ghost, we know it descended upon him, left the Jordan, he didn't leave the Jordan of his own accord, he left the Jordan river and was led By the Spirit. There is two separate things. He was full of the Holy Ghost. And then he was led by the Holy Ghost. Into the wilderness. Come on. 
Some of us sometimes think that if we're going to be led by the Holy Spirit, He's going to take us to all new pastures green. He's going to take us, that if it's not, this is the way we detect the Holy Spirit's voice. If it doesn't look good, it's not the Holy Ghost. If it doesn't sound good, it's not the Holy Spirit. Listen, Jesus just had this amazing experience and the next command he gets is when he's full of the Holy Ghost is I want you to go into the wilderness for 40 days. I want you to head off into this place I have a feeling Jesus must have thought to himself, is this, is, this, is, this definitely what I'm, is this definitely what I'm supposed to be doing? I want to tell you, sometimes you're going to be led into places by the Holy Ghost that you don't like. Your flesh is not going to like it. The Holy Ghost will lead you into areas, seasons of your life, and you will not understand it. But listen to me. The key is this, it's not about whether your flesh likes it, it's about whether it's right for your life in God. Hallelujah. (laughs) I put here, to walk by the Spirit is the willingness to be led into seasons of both wilderness and fruitfulness. To be led by the Spirit is the willingness to be led into seasons of the, of the wilderness and fruitfulness. In other words, you've got to be prepared to say, I'm going to walk here even if I don't understand it. I'm going to walk into this season and be, be, be directed by the Holy Ghost, even though it looks like a wilderness. Why? Can I tell you why? Because God will promise you fruitfulness at the other side. You keep reading Luke chapter 4, you'll find Jesus comes out the other side and he comes in the power of the Spirit. He's full of the Holy Spirit, he's led by the Holy Spirit, and he comes out in the power of the Spirit. Then he starts to do amazing things. Some of us are not prepared to go through wilderness to get to fruitfulness. We just want the fruitfulness first. We've got to be directed by the Holy Ghost. Look, all the way through the Bible, you see people willing to be directed. Numbers chapter 9, verse 22, we see that the the Spirit of God is described like a cloud that descends. It says the cloud in verse 22, whether it stayed over the tabernacle for two days or a month or a year, the Israelites, the people of God, would remain in camp. And not set out. But when it lifted, they would set out. All the way through the Bible we see that the children of Israel in the Old Testament were people who were willing to be directed by God. Whether it was a short time, a long time, they waited and moved when God said to move. Can I say to you today, there is a cloud that descended in Acts chapter 2. On the day of Pentecost, the fire of God fell. The Holy Spirit came down. And it wasn't just to make people speak in tongues. It was that they would be filled, then led and moved by God to do things for Him. God is calling you to be led in this season to walk in the Spirit. I want to ask you today, you can have the Holy Spirit in your life, but does the Holy Spirit have your life? You can have the Holy Spirit in your life, but does He have your life? There's a difference between Him living inside of you and listening to the voice. I don't know about you, sometimes, I, I just want to say this, that 
in my life, I've realized that the Holy Spirit is really interested in real simple things. Real, little, simple things. You think he's interested in what, whether your next house move or which church you should go to or what you should do next in your ministry. But listen to me. He's interested in the tiny details. And he wants you, through relationship, to begin to start to share some of them things with him. So one of the best ways to learn to hear God's voice is to start asking simple questions. You'll get simple answers and then you'll learn the voice. You'll learn the voice to answer more complicated things. Things that are a little bit difficult and you're waiting on God for. But I want to encourage you. The Holy Spirit is so interested in directing your life every single day. And I don't mean when you get up, you, you wake up and say, what, what color top should I wear today? Unless you really want to. But he's interested in those details. Does the Holy Spirit have your life? I've got a few points I want to bring about walking in the Spirit. What it does for you. That we see in Galatians chapter 5. Number one is this. Walking in the spirit conquers inner conflict. It conquers inner conflict. Galatians 5.16 says. So I walk. So I say. Walk by the spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Notice it says. You will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. Now, when I was away with my children recently in a, in a theme park, one of the things that they love to do is pull me and take me on different rides. I mean, I felt sick by the end of it. They took me on a pirate ship that went upside down, and, I, and literally I knew what gravity was in a few minutes. Literally. And my son just seemed to be fine. I come out of the day feeling dizzy and sick. But through the day, they were just pulling me. One of them would say, I want to go this way. And the other child would say, I want to go to this ride. And I didn't want to go on any ride, really. (laughs) But I realized that what happened is through the day, because of their age, their difference in age, they both had different desires to go on different things. So as I walked around this, this place and they, they were saying, Dad, come on this. And then the other, other one's pulling me the other way saying, No, I want to go on this ride. I don't want to go on that one. I realized that I was caught in the middle of a conflict. That there was a tension between two different things. And I want to encourage you today that as a Christian, you're going to find in your life that there is an absolute battle going on every day of your life for the flesh and the spirit. They are two different things. Some of us think this, that you come out to the front, you give your life to Jesus whenever you did, or however you did, you give your life to Jesus, and what happens is, the Holy Spirit comes in, fills you, and, and just gets rid of all conflict. How many of you know that's not true? We just want the Holy Spirit to come and say, you know, I, I, I realize now, you've drawn me to this place where I realize I need forgiveness, And we just want the Holy Spirit to come and just make us feel perfect. I'm telling you, that's going to come one day when you get your new body. However, now while you live on this earth, with the Holy Spirit living inside of you, there will be a constant battle. There will be a constant struggle, a constant tension between these two things. And you weren't aware of it when you weren't saved. You see, I used to go out and I'd do everything that I want. I invented sins. Dang it, stop laughing. 
I invented things. I used to do things that I would go out and do things and I didn't care. I didn't care what anyone thought. I was myself. This was me. That's what you do. You live for self. And what happens is when you give your life to Jesus, your spirit comes alive. That's why if someone says to you, I don't understand this born again business, I'll tell you what it means. When you give your life to Jesus, you get a new birth certificate. It's a birth certificate that says, your spirit came alive. My spirit came on the inside of you. Now there's a battle. My mum and dad used to listen to songs in the car when I was younger, really young. All about battles and I'm thinking, I don't want to be a Christian if this is what it's all about. Battles? Battles. There's an inner conflict. And so do you know what happens sometimes? We get focused on the conflict. You get focused on your problems every day of your conflict. Can I just say this? Don't let your ability to fail define you as a failure. Don't let your ability to sin define you as a sinner in your mind. You've got to wake up on a morning and not just say when the alarm clock goes off, today, oh, I'm going to try and not to sin. You've got to wake up in the morning and say, I know that I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. I know he's forgiven me of all my sins. And I'm walking in the Spirit. I'm not walking in the old man, the old person. I'm not walking in the flesh. I'm walking by the Spirit of God. I choose today to walk in the Spirit, not in the flesh. You see, the enemy is always going to come and pull you that way and say, but this is your identity. This is the person you are. I want to remind you today that we walk by the Spirit. You know, just the other week I was away up in the Yorkshire Dales. And in 2006, I was in the exact same place. And uh, I like cycling. And me and my family in 2006 went up into this cycle ride. And we end up in the moors in the Yorkshire Dales. And uh, then we didn't have any GPS. We didn't have anything like that. And we accidentally end up in a place where, all I can say is it was a, it was a, a very hot day in 2006. We had no means of finding where we were other than an ordnance survey map that my dad pulled out and tried to work out where we were. And we didn't have anything to tell us. And in, in 2006, we've got a, I've not got it with me today, but I had a photograph of us all stood, the family, by this huge rock in the middle of the moors. And we called it Dead Man's Rock because we all thought we were going to die out there. It was just, it was crazy. And, uh, and I remember doing that ride and then eventually us finding our way back out to the place where we were camping. And uh, for years as a family, we've always said, do you remember Dead Man's Rock? Do you remember when we all were there and we didn't have any water left? We, we, we found ourselves in this place, this wilderness situation, and uh, we didn't know where we were. And we said, yeah, I'd never do that again. And so I went up just the other week and I decided to go on the same route, to go back into the moors all by myself. You know, there's something in us guys sometimes we want to prove ourselves. And so I got my bike and I set off up into the moors very early in the morning. I set off, heading off, but this time I had my GPS with me. This time I had my, my device to tell me exactly where I was. This time I had familiarity with the place I was going. This time I knew exactly where I was. 
There was a very big difference when I went last week to 2006. It's that I had my GPS. I had that positioning system to allow me to know exactly where I was. Do you know some of us sometimes... We get ourselves in situations where we walk into places of wilderness that are not led by the Holy Ghost. You get yourself into a situation where it wasn't a wilderness that was sent by the Holy Ghost for you to walk into. But you got in there by walking by the flesh. And you get there and you do not know how to get out. I've got something to tell you today. That there is a GPS for you and that is God's promise in Scripture. It's God's promise in Scripture that no matter how far you get away from God, no matter how far you may have one day woke up and walked in by the flesh and not by the Spirit, there is a promise in Romans chapter 8 verse 1 that says this, Therefore there is now no condemnation. Shubarakatasa. Come on. You might be in the middle of your moors. You might be at the middle of your moors at Dead Man Rock. You might be at the place where you followed the flesh voice. You walked the wrong walk. And now you're saying, how do I get back out? Well, I'm going to tell you today, there's God's promise in Scripture. It's your GPS. It's the thing that reminds you today that you can walk by the Spirit because there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because, it says, verse 2, through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. I want to ask you today, are you in Christ Jesus? You see, a lot of us love Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is now no condemnation. We love to quote that. It's on everyone's fridge. We love it. Why? Because as soon as we feel bad, there's no condemnation. But can I just put a caveat in this? You've got to understand this. You can't go around claiming Scripture saying there's no condemnation if you're not in Christ Jesus. Some of us love to quote these Scriptures, but we're not living in Him. We're not living in Him. You see, the key is this, and I said it right at the beginning. The key is this. To be in him and to live through him is to have relationship with him. You see, you can't claim Romans chapter 8 verse 1 if you're not in him. If you're not living through him. If you're living your own way, you're walking your own walk, you're walking in, a, in another direction. 1 John 1, 6 says, if we claim to have fellowship with him, And yet walk in the darkness. We lie and do not live out the truth. I'll say that to you again. Because you don't want this one on your fridge. If we claim to have fellowship with him. Maybe we should make these badges up with the king's logo. If we claim to have fellowship with him. And yet walk in the darkness. Here you've got it. You see. Some people say, once saved, always saved. I'm sorry. If you claim to be saved, but yet walk in another direction. (laughs) Read it. You walk in the darkness still. You're walking away. We lie and do not live in the truth. See, the key is this. To conquer your inner conflict, you have to know the spirit who is the conqueror. 
to conquer your inner conflict. Listen, when Holy Spirit comes, he makes conflict. Did you know that? Holy Spirit comes into your life. What happens is the conflict happens because of the Holy Spirit. That's why it says you can't do what you want to do. Because you're pulled both ways. That's your life from now until you die. You're going to be pulled both ways. The Holy Spirit brings conflict. The way that you conquer in a conflict is to have a relationship with the conqueror. So you have to submit to him and him alone. Romans 8.37, we are more than conquerors. We love that. Through him who loved us. Not we're more than conquerors because we attend church. Not more than conquerors because we said a little prayer once but don't live it out. We're more than conquerors through him. What does it mean through him? I'll tell you what it means. Jesus said in John chapter 15, he said you need to remain in me. Why did he say that? If he, if he thought that you could wander away, he wouldn't say it. If he thought you could backslide, he would, if he thought that wasn't possible, he would have never said it. He said, you've got to remain in me. John 15, he says, I am the vine, verse 5. You're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, listen to this. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. This doesn't sound like Jesus, does it? Meek and mild. Such branches are picked up. Hang on. Surely they're put back to to you. Thrown into the fire. Sorry. And burned. The truth is this. If we do not remain in him. If we are not remained in Jesus, we'll be separated from him. Separated from his life. The flow of the Holy Ghost in our lives. You know, I was a, when I was younger, I used to have this little greenhouse in my garden. I thought I was a gardener, I wasn't. I just, my granddad built this little greenhouse for me and I used to grow tomatoes and things in it. and Thought I knew what I was doing, but... You know, I just enjoyed pretending I was a gardener. But I remember I used to go down, I, with my spending money, I was a bit sad really. I used to go down to the, to the, to the garden centre and buy little things. And I, used to, I remember getting something, some, if you're gardeners around here, you probably know what this is, rooting powder. Rooting powder. In fact, the reason I know I'm not good at gardening is because Lee Tilbury here gave me about five plants about a year ago. And I, they've all di- they all died within a month. I never told him. <laughs> he said, you've got to look after me, tell me everything I need to do. I goes, I will. I never told him they all died within a month because I just neglected them. Sorry, Lee. <laughs> but I, I learned something with rooting powder that when, when something's broken and you, or you've took a cutting and you want to grow that again, it's broken away, you put this rooting powder on and it begins to help the growth again in the soil for that thing to grow. And I, I really sense today that the Holy Spirit wants some of you to hear this, that he has come by his spirit today like rooting powder. He says, I want to come and you think that you have fallen away because you've walked away from me. But the truth is this, by my spirit today, I will come like rooting powder and strengthen growth and not throw you away, but replant you again. Some people feel so broken by their their ways or things that's happened to them. God wants you to know today that he is here to 
repair you and restore you. To replant you again. For new growth to come. He's not looking to throw you away yet. How many of you know there is a judgment day coming? When people will be thrown, it says, into the lake of fire. We've got to preach heaven and hell. We've got to preach the truth. It's coming. A day of judgment. But for now, there's an opportunity to take that from God. To turn and repent. I say all the time, repent from your ways. Turn from your wicked ways and turn to God. The Holy Spirit's here today to replant purpose again in you. Amen. Number one, it's conquers that inner conflict in our lives. And number two, walking in the Spirit unmasks sin's deception. It unmasks sin's deception. I I used to, uh, when I worked in, in the design industry, one of the days I was invited to go into a meeting in a, with a, a huge um, company that visited us to ask our company for some help. And this, this company, one of their, their major things was is, is the drinks market. The whole, um, not just alcoholic drinks, but lots of different things that you consume today. And I sat with this massive company and one of the things they talked about in this room was the fact that the biggest problem they had with their losses was counterfeit goods. The biggest problem that they had was that they were manufacturing what they made, but people were making things looking identical to what they had. And they'd even spent and invested these other counterfeit uh, goods makers were making things with holograms, all the different things that would make each product looked identical. And I said to them, I said, what, you, you can't really tell? They said, they are so good, we sometimes can't tell if it's ours. It's so close. This is a, the, one of the biggest companies, I can't really mention it is, but they said, it's so close, we can't even tell sometimes. And so I said, well, what do you do? They said, well, what we've done now is we've had to make errors in the text, on the packaging, spelling mistakes, because they will never know that. So we make spelling mistakes on our own products to define whether they're real. Do you know that Satan tries to masquerade as an angel of light? First, 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. He is Listen, his attempt is this. If you don't walk by the Spirit and you walk by the flesh, what he wants to do is create a counterfeit Holy Spirit. A counterfeit voice. A counterfeit voice that sounds like the Holy Spirit. It sounds like it's a good idea, but it's not a God idea. You look through the Bible. You look at when, when Moses was, was used by the power of God. That all the time, Satan tries to make a counterfeit version of the good. And it's the same for you. Jesus has given you the gift of the Holy Ghost. But the reality is this, you've got to remember, he's shrewd. He's shrewd and he's sly Satan. And he's going to try and detect what you do and what you like in your life and try to manipulate you into thinking that the voice that you're hearing is God. But Paul says when you walk by the Spirit, it's going to unmask sin's deception. It's going to unmask Satan. Galatians 5.19 says this, Paul says this, The acts of the flesh are 
obvious. In other words, if you live by the Spirit, what the acts of the flesh are become obvious. But when you're not living in the Spirit, they don't become obvious. It's like the Holy Spirit, when you walk in the Holy Spirit, He gives you the lens to see what's sin and what's not. I don't know about you, but when I became a Christian, I realized that there were things that I needed to get rid of. And no one told me. I didn't hear a sermon. I didn't download a podcast. The Holy Spirit came upon me, filled my, filled my life, and I began to realize these things don't please God. And, and I want to encourage you today that that voice that you have made let just become so faint in your life right now. That, de- that tells you these things are not good. That you let that become the bigger voice in your life. What happens is this. We, we don't see things as obvious. The opposite to obvious is ambiguous. So what happens is sin becomes ambiguous. It becomes concealed. It becomes something that is so close to the real thing. You don't know what's good and what's bad anymore. You've lost sight. Revelation chapter 3 I think it talks about. I've said before. That, that, that in Laodicea. When they have the water. Jesus says I don't want you to be. I'd rather you be hot or cold than lukewarm. And some of us what happens is. When you start losing sight. And losing uh, track of walking in the Holy Ghost. What happens is this. Your uh, differentiation between things. Everything starts to merge into one. What happens is you make decisions based on something that's masquerading as, as truth. When it's actually a lie. I want to encourage you today. To get close to the Holy Ghost. To pray a prayer when you wake up in the morning and say, Holy Spirit, lead me today in every single decision I make over my life. Because I want to say today that the acts of the flesh, the things of sinful life are obvious to me. Not ambiguous. They're obvious to me. Because he says this later on in verse 21. I warn you as I did before. Those who live like this, again, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Holy Spirit, I pray today for every one of us that you will make sin obvious. <laughs> Come on, it sounds simple, but some of you got to pray that because what you do is you've created your own, you've created your own laws. You've created your own rules now. You said, these things actually though, they give me pleasure. And I think God's happy with that. But I'm telling you today, it's time to say to God, God, I want you to redefine what I see as good and bad. I want it to be in line with your holiness. What you want for me in my life. Make sin obvious. Let that be your prayer. See what happens. Hallelujah. You see, the act, without the Holy Spirit, the acts of the flesh do come ambiguous. And the count of it eventually looks authentic. The counterfeit eventually looks authentic and we begin to follow that voice. Galatians 5 verse 7 to 9, it says, you were running a good race, he says. Who cut in on you? Notice it says who. You can have people around you, bad voices, and also Satan himself, demonic realm. Who cut in on you from obeying the truth? You look back in Galatians chapter 1, it's the same kind of language. Galatians 3, who has 
bewitched you. Strong. Put that one on your fridge. Who has bewitched you? Who cut in on you from obeying the truth? I want to ask you, who is directing your life? It's serious. Because God wants full control. It's not a game. He wants everything we are to surrender to Him. Because the moment you let other voices in, you lose track. Sin takes over. And everything becomes blurred. I don't know about you, but if you've got children, if you ever take them to, you walk up to the, 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 the green lights the, and the red and amber, and we're about to cross the road. When they were really young, I used to hold their hand and grip their hand as tight as I could. I'd say, press the button. They'd press the button. And daddy would never let them walk until it was green. It's amazing when they get a little bit older and a bit more intelligent that my rules change. Dad, can we go? Yeah, there's no cars coming. Go for it. Maybe you don't do that. <laughs> can we go? To, yeah, well, there's nothing coming. Quick. I didn't do that when they were younger. But when they've got a bit of intelligence, what I do is I, I start to say, can, can we go now? Well, it's amber. Yeah, we can go now. It's about to change. And what happens is the signal system becomes, everything becomes green, really. We, we start to say, well, everything is it's all in my rules. It's not by what originally I said, but now I'm going to make my decision. So what happens is, what once was your control system to tell you when and what you should do, now you're in control of the signal system. In fact, you are the signal system. <laughs> you're the one. Yeah. Well, it looks okay. There's no cars coming until that bike flies out in front of you. Believe you and me, you see, it's funny. It's funny, isn't it? When, when you're the one who's about to cross the road and you determine whether you can go or not, it's fine for you. But if I'm the cyclist riding down and someone steps in the road on amber, I'm very angry. Why did you, why do you wait for red or green? When it's the other way around, it's very different. The truth is this, we make our own signal systems. We reject what God wants for us because we think we know what's best for our lives. Do you know what happens? Our preference replaces obedience. Preference replaces obedience. Happiness replaces holiness. Let me say that again. Preference replaces obedience. What you want replaces obedience in God. Happiness, what your flesh desires, replaces holiness in what God desires. I want to encourage you today to just recalibrate your signal system. Say, God, I want to redefine my signal system so I'm green, amber, and red, and I know where I am. I know what I am. But some of us today, we, we get so wrapped up and so far away from God that we feel like the journey we're on, we're not walking by the Spirit anymore, we're walking by the flesh and we've gone way too far. In fact, God would never have me back. He'd never let me walk in the Spirit again. I've gone way too far. Listen to me, the truth is this, there's never a time that you cannot turn back to God. You know, when I went on one of the rides with my son the other week, one of them is called the ultimate. Neither of them could 
travel on this roller coaster. It's about a mile and a half long. And it's very scary. It's very old and very rickety. But it's, uh, it's fun. And uh, the kids have always wanted to go on it until they were reached the right height. They said, we can go on it, Dad. We can go on it. And so I take them on for the first time. Well, this thing is pretty violent. It whips you around everywhere through the woods. And at one point, you have to rise really high. And you know that ticking noise when you're, you're rising up and you know you're about to, to go into some kind of real rush and move. And we, we, we're ticking up. The, the, the kids are behind. And, and I could hear them getting all excited. And I, I was getting a bit worried, actually, because I'm thinking, this thing doesn't sound very good. And, and we get to the top, and I noticed that there was a button at the top. And it said, emergency override switch. I, dude, I don't know, is it just me, or do you get urges sometimes? <laughs> do you, is it just me? Am I, I, I just a little bit strange? Because I get urges to do things like that, you know. I just, I'm sorry. And I, get, and I just saw the switch, and I just was... I, Inside of me says, I'd just love to press the override switch. All these people so excited. We're about to hit this moment. You just imagine if I just got a little stick and pressed it. It was just beyond arm's reach, but I thought, it's possible. Do you know what? When we were going up there, a lot of the people think, there's, there's no going back now. I'm strapped in. The thing's locked me in. So you can see everyone. They can't push it. They can't move it. The kids are like, Dad, is this really locked in? I'm going, yes, son. I hope it is. And everyone's locked in. There's no going back. You set off. We're about a mile down, down this track. We're rising up. But listen to me. I felt God speak to me when I saw this button. And he said this. I want you to just tell the people that sometimes in their life they think they're locked into something. They're so far down the track that it's so impossible to get out. You've got to wait till you've gone ahead. But listen to me. There's always an override switch. There's always an opportunity to turn the other way and to walk in the Spirit again. There's always an opportunity. God says, today I'm presenting you with an override switch. I'm presenting you with an override switch that says, enough is enough. It's time to hit the button and to stop this thing. And to stop it from moving. And to stop everything from going ahead. It's time to get off. It's time to turn around. It's time to walk in the spirit again. Hallelujah. Do you know what that override button is today? It's Jesus. It's Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth and the life. He is the forgiver. He is the one who leaves the the 99 for the one. He leaves them for the one. His name is Jesus. Is your override button today. He forgives. Hallelujah. Finally, walking in the spirit. As I come to a close, says this. That we build a godly character. Build a godly character. If you walk in the spirit, you're going to build a godly character. You walk in the flesh... You're going to build a character that serves Satan. It's true. You want to build a character like God. And the Bible says we're supposed to become Christ-like. We're supposed to look like Him. Every day of your life should be not, I'm going to try not to sin. It should be, I want to hear the voice of the Spirit. The more I walk in the Spirit, I'll become more like Christ. The more I'm like Christ, the more I won't want the desires of the flesh. That's why it says you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. If you don't want to gratify them, then you've got to walk in the Spirit. 
Can I just say something? That if it, you, you look at someone's life, you'll see how they're living. What their life is like, what their spiritual life is like. You just look at them, you spend half an hour with them. You can tell. Your life says a lot about you. The way you live. Galatians 5.22, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit. Now it's talking about the fruit. So if you follow in God's way, you walk in the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. See, if we're led by the Spirit, we'll see the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Do you know something? that a lot, of, a lot of people, if you talk about being led by the Holy Spirit, I mean, I've preached on this. Being led by the Holy Spirit to do miracles, healing, prophesy. And I love all that side of it. Do you know what this is talking about? None of it's talking about the gifts of the Spirit. None of it's talking about, if you walk in the Spirit, you're going to see healings. You're going to do this. You're going to do this. You're going to be able to prophesy. He doesn't talk anything about that. It's all character-based fruit. We love talking about the Holy Spirit, walking the Spirit. Oh yeah, he led me into this shop and I prayed for someone. Oh yeah, he led me to this, you know, when I told you a few weeks ago, he led me into the fish and chip shop. I prayed for five people. They got healed and one got saved. Fantastic. But listen to me. Don't let your gift take you where your character can't take you. Because the reality is this. If your character's wrong, then your gift is going to be flawed. God will give you gifts. Oh yeah. The gifts of the Holy Spirit. You'll start moving in the prophetic. You'll start praying for the sick. But some people I've seen operating this way have got terrible characters. In fact, I wouldn't want to be their friend. They said to me, oh, and, and what happens is when they operate in these ways, in the gifts of the Spirit, what they do is when they see that it works for them and that God uses them, what happens is they determine to themselves that this, God is pleased with me. So what happens is they create their own doctrine. If you don't believe what I believe, I'm leaving the church. Didn't you see? On YouTube, I posted this video and someone got healed. You better listen to me because my, what I'm telling you, pastor, is I, 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 if, if, if God is using me, then you've got to listen to me. I ain't got to listen to anyone. I'm going to listen to God's voice. Just because of your gift. The gift doesn't determine your level of spirituality. It doesn't, it doesn't determine it at all. I'm more interested in the character. Is your character enough to sustain a gift? Because the gift will ruin you. The gift's going to ruin you. So look, listen to me today. If there's anything I'm ever going to preach in it, you know me. I love praying for the sick. I love prophesying for people. I love the gifts of the Spirit. Absolutely. But actually, what's more priority for you today to understand is that walking in the Spirit is not about, if I do this then, I'm going to be able to see more things and God use power through me. No. The best thing that you can desire is that your character changes. Because if your character changes, you're going to, God is going to say, hang on a sec, this is, this is someone who follows wholeheartedly after me. Their character is great, therefore, here son, here daughter, take this gift. You're going to start moving and anointing and, 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 and moving in places you've never been before. Because your character has changed. Some of us want the, the gifts without the character change. You can talk the talk, but never walk the walk. You say it, you, you, you say, oh, this is what I do and this is what I believe, but you don't really walk it. 
I put here that the authenticity of your talk is proven by the reality of your walk. The authenticity of your talk is proven by the reality of your walk. 1 John 2 verse 6 says, Whoever claims to live in him, that's Christ, must live as Jesus did. I love that verse. Whoever claims to live in him, so if you say I'm a Christian, in other words, I'm a Christian, if you dare say that. I'm a Christian. If you do that, you must live as Jesus did. So if you want, listen, the best way to walk in the spirit is not, not to look at your Dwayne Whites or all the people around you that look very spiritual. Some people do this. What they do is they, they take iron sharpens iron to a point where they try to mimic and copy people rather than God. Iron sharpens iron, yeah, but the best, the best iron you're going to get is spending time with Jesus. <laughs> Come on, people are flawed. I don't know about you, but I've spent time with people sometimes thinking, wow, I've looked up to them, and then they failed. Then it's made my faith weaken, because I put my trust in your walk, not, God's, not God. I put my trust in people rather than the Holy Ghost. And listen to me, that's why you've got it. Some people, they'll, 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 be, they'll leave church, they'll leave Christianity because they're, they're put off by people. That's what I said to you, people are failures. Don't, don't follow people. Follow God. Follow God. Don't look at whether someone's really super spiritual and say, well, that's how I need to be to walk in the Spirit. To walk in the Spirit is to walk by the Spirit. God alone. Hallelujah. Hopefully you're getting something from this today. I'm coming to a close. If the team want to just come back and just just play gently. You can walk in the gifts of the Spirit. You lack the character. We need the fruit of the Holy Ghost. Love, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Self-control. We need to control ourselves. Come on, people. Some of us are not understood. We, we like to control our lives the way we want to, but self-control sometimes, submission to Him. Self-control. Character is so important. The fruit of the Spirit. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 1. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, it's always quoted at weddings this, but I do not have love. I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. What he's saying is this, is if I, if I operate in these tongues and I operate in this way, if I operate in spiritual gifts, but it's not done through love, I'm just a resounding gong, just a clanging cymbal. I'm, I'm actually someone who, I'm fake. You know, you can have fake Christians. You can have fake Christians. People who make all the sounds. You can have people around you. I, I know people today, they've, they've left church completely. They're still speaking tongues. Don't be fooled by it. Don't be fooled. It Just because I speak in tongues this morning doesn't mean I'm more sp- super spiritual than you. In fact, I want you to speak in tongues. I want you. I want the church here. I want more and more people in this room to, 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 to not just mimic what I'm doing to copy me, but to say, God, I want that. I want God to use me 
in these gifts. So I want to just, I want to seek you, God, so that your voice flows through me. Because listen, do you know what? The future of this church is not bent on, on me and several people at the front operating in spiritual gifts. It's bent on the church themselves. And I want to encourage you. I'm just going to say this today. I don't say it much, but if you heard that and you thought, I want to be able to do that. I grew up in a church where this happened every week. All the time and congregational members would stand and they would speak in tongues and the love of God would penetrate into meetings as people would hear his voice. And I want to encourage you to step out in faith and to do it. Don't think at the end of worship, oh, am I allowed to do this? If you feel that, that urge inside that the Holy Spirit comes upon you and that it's overwhelming and you just feel like you want to let it go, let me tell you, do it. The reason I do it today is because I used to do it years ago as a congregational member, sat in the church. I wasn't part of the leadership. I just used to love releasing the, a tongue. But I want to tell you that when it's done in love, do you know what? What's going to happen is God is going to speak into this house, not just man, in a, in a fresh way. Fresh way. I want to encourage you. Do that. If, you're, if you want to seek God for interpretation, do that. Say, God, I, I, don't, I might not speak in tongues. I might not have that, that level yet of where I feel I can just do that. I want to encourage you to say, God, let me hear in the week a specific word that you want to say to the church so that when that tongue comes and you tell me inside, I want you to, sometimes there's going to be failures, by the way. Sometimes there'll be things said and I'll probably think, and the leadership might think, I'm not so sure about that, but that's part of church, isn't it? We have to learn and grow. If, if, you don't, if you don't step out, you're never going to learn. So you've got to learn. And so we've got to move in these things. But it all needs to be done in love. I finish with this few verses. In verse 5, Romans 8, it says, Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. I want to ask you today, come on, let's just stand. I want to ask you today, where is your mind set? Where's your mind set? Where is your mind set? If your mind is set on something, you walk that way. If your mind is set on something, you walk that way. It's true. You, you focus on something. You'll walk in that direction. And, and I believe God is just saying today in this house, He says, I just want to recalibrate, just recalibrate people's walk to say it's time to readdress this and to look and say, I want to walk in the Spirit. I want to walk in your direction, God, for my life. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.